the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by the Green Deco, making your garden beautiful. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Plotcast podcast. And I said that really quickly because I thought I'm going to test if I can do this. It sounds like a tongue twister, it's doesn't like it? It's like pickled, pickled. Yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> I can't so well, say get it. on yeah. with it anyway. Yeah. So it's episode 33 already and I'm still Elaine. And I'm Julia. And this week we're going to be talking about flowers on the plot, how they are going and also how to look after them. I'm just going to say at this point that I have got a very big one. I'll leave it with you. Right then, we are also going to be talking about how to make a simple flower gift and how to make the most out of everything that we're growing at the moment um, including perhaps a little bit of planning too towards autumn so that's a busy schedule Julia yes it is indeed uh, before we get oh. that far don't think you've got a speaking part yet because <laughs> yeah. you haven't it's no. me now then this is your test right. are you ready no. so before we go any further how can people get in touch with us they can contact us via Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Potty Plotters TikTok at the Potty Plotters, email us naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk or check out our website pottyplotters.uk. And if people want to uh, follow every episode that we do, what actually do they have to do? I think when you go on these um, player things, these yeah. uh, podcast player things, yeah. there's a follow button. Yeah. Some of them might say subscribe, some might say follow, some, I don't know whether they say anything else, but just click a button. And then every week we will pop up at the same time. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done, you. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. Right then, Julia, who's been in touch this week, if at all anybody? Well, we've had contact from Sue McLean, who said, Do you recommend a source of terracotta pots? I'd like to grow tomatoes in them next year. And she contacted us via one of the social media channels. And I can tell you, Sue, that yes, I look everywhere for terracotta pots because I love them. I think they're very decorative and I think they're very useful as well. However, they're not always as good as the plastic when it comes to retaining the water. But what I would say is that I look on all social media thingies like Marketplace. I also do go to Morrison's and I'm quoting Morrison's because they get like a little garden centre thingy usually in the spring and they have some really good bargains there. Talking of bargains, I can't wait for the sales in the garden centres because that's when I go and get a lot of them as well when they're half price. So why not do the same? But they do look very decorative and they're lovely in the house as well. Elaine, we've had a photo in. We've had a photo in from Keith Sandal and it shows his loofah and loofah plant. And he sent a message saying, I've got a big one. <laughs> well, well, thanks for getting in touch, Keith. Not everybody can say that they've had a photograph of a big one coming through. But nevertheless, um, all I would say is, well done. And I know that he'd asked us about how to grow them before. The good thing about them is that they grow exactly the same as cucumbers. And then when they're ripe, they get like a hard shell on the outside side so cut it off like you would a cucumber and you will see that the skin will be dark brown and all you do is you pick all the skin off and it's a bit like a shell like an eggshell so crack all that off and then you'll find the loofah inside and we do like a big one Keith and then inside the loofah there are loads and loads of black seeds and they're the seeds for next time 
Yes, and all the people in this area have now got loofah plants growing, haven't they? Because you had that many in your loofah last year that you gave them all away. I did, but I think that's a nice thing to be able to do. And then with the loofah, all you've got to do is put a little bit of ribbon through it and that's somebody's very cheap Christmas present. I was going to say if you don't like them, but I think it's a nice thing to do. And we've also had contact from Aliki Pantos who's contacted us on Facebook and she said she listened with interest to the episode we did with Ed Morrison about the no dig allotment site and she's been contemplating trying it on one of her allotment beds for a while but she's wondering does it cost an arm and a leg in compost to get it started and that's a good question actually but what you can do is one bed at a time i obviously want to start singing there but um you can do one bit of the allotment yeah. or your garden at a time and you did when you first started that's didn't you? right yes yeah. so half the plot really was very overgrown so what i did was smother the weeds with black plastic to start off with and then when i got going i put down some cardboard you, you need cardboard that's got no print on it or anything just the, the brown cardboard and then what you want to do is put about six to eight inches of compost now don't be frightened don't go out and buy loads of new compost build up that level with things like uh, spent compost from um, pots that you perhaps have been using out of the greenhouse out maybe. of the greenhouse yeah, yeah. Okay. i've also used my own made compost uh, we used well rotted horse manure that's yeah. another thing that you can use or another way of doing it very cheaply is contact the council and find out what they do with their green waste so the stuff okay. that you put in your bins they'll send away and um I'm, certainly in this area they sell it at our local tip. like a soil enhancer it's called soil improver oh, right, okay. and you can usually buy it by the ton much cheaper Ooh. so that is an alternative way of just building it up to start off with and then every year from there on in it's just an extra inch on the top well that sounds okay yeah well done julia you could do it Elaine. oh i don't know if i'm going that far not yet i've got other ideas right has anybody else been in touch Hello ladies, I'm Hazel and I'm from, I'm originally from Liverpool, but I'm calling from Melbourne, Australia. Good grief, Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> we know there's a Melbourne in Derbyshire, Australia land. That's right, so it's a little bit far away from where you guys are and the season's a little bit different where what I season? am now. But What season is it over there now? Well, it's almost in about two weeks time it's going to be spring so unfortunately for you guys you're going to be heading into the winter time but we're heading into spring and summer so yay (laughs) (laughs) finally winter's over (laughs) okay so my question is how do you start seeds off and get really good success now people post a lot about you know, on Instagram or whatever about their garden successes. But it's actually one of the hardest things that I've ever done is starting seeds off. Some things grow okay. So I think brassicas and the cool season stuff's okay. But anything like uh, aubergines, um, chilies, peppers, they're really hard because they're really sort of slow to do anything. And I really, you know, half of them die or they go really leggy and just look really scrawny. 
The first thing to think about is what it is that you want to grow. And the second thing is look at the variety of what it is that you're going to grow. So if it is that you're going to grow, for instance, some chilies, then are you going to go for uh, just the basic, perhaps cayenne, for instance? And what I would do is I would set them early and they need to be early. So in our land over here, we'd set them round about December, January and get them germinated. And how we do it is simply by using a plastic container that we've had fruit or different bits and pieces in from the supermarket. Make sure that there's a hole in the bottom, obviously, because every bottom needs that hole. Multi-purpose <laughs> compost. And then what we do is we sprinkle the seeds on the top and then a little bit more compost, wet it and then put it somewhere warm, but also where it's light, because obviously in December, our light is somewhat restricted during the daytime. I use a recycled plastic bag that's clear and put it over the top and peg it so that the condensation from the water will retain the heat and also the moisture and then wait. And it is a waiting game. But the most important thing is once they start to emerge, Hazel, don't leave them sweating in that bag because that's when the <laughs> moisture builds up and you end up with a bit of a mildew problem. And it damp the, it causes a problem called damping off, which means that the seeds collapse. So as soon as they start to pop up, take, take it, it off. off. The other thing is that make sure it's near the light. You're talking about being leggy aren't we all well I am uh, yeah, I'm not leggy I'm very <laughs> short of the leg <laughs> and then make sure it's near the light and that they're not fighting for the light because that's what makes things things go leggy but also when it is that they're too hot so make sure as Julia said make sure that we take that plastic bag off or the container is in a clear place where there's plenty of light and then what we do is we slow things down because by taking the bag off, it will reduce the temperature and everything starts to calm again. And that should ensure that you're going to get some really strong, short plants. And then what we do later on when they get to about an inch and a half, something like that, we delicately prick them out. So we take them out of that bed and then we put them into individual cells, a bit like prisoners. Not everybody wants to be an individual <laughs> cell, but they do do better on their own. So try doing that and see how you get up. What do you actually grow over there, though, in comparison to England? Because you know that, uh, obviously, having come from Liverpool, we know all our seasons, we know the type of things that we grow. But what do you grow in Australia? It depends. Because Australia is so massive, depending on where you're from in Australia will dictate what you can grow. So there's some part of Australia where you can pretty much grow everything year round because it's warm enough like the whole time. But down here, it's quite seasonal and it's, I guess it's a, a temperate climate. And the summers can be very hot and dry, but the winters can be quite cold and wet. So it's very seasonal here. It's probably a lot drier than um, it is over in England. Um, and, and particularly, I know you've had a shocking summer for, with rain yeah. and stuff. My parents <laughs> keep going on. It hasn't stopped raining. We've had one week of rain. <laughs> so we get... It, it does rain a bit, but we get really quite dry, um, warm summer. So we, we can kind of grow everything, I suppose, with it being a bit Mediterranean. We, you know, have the benefit where citrus grows really well here. So, yeah, so we can grow lime trees, lemon trees, um, you know, oranges, mandarins, all of that. But it gets cool enough that we can grow all of the cool season crops too. So all your broccolis, you know, leek, all of that, brassicas in winter. So it's... I'm very, very lucky um, with what I can grow here because it's, I, I guess there's a lot more that I can grow here than 
I ever could over in England when I was living there. Hey, so does that mean when you're saying it's so warm and so dry, does that mean that you don't even need greenhouses and polytunnels over there? Um, so in summers, uh, you can get away with um, peppers, like capsicums, chilies, you can grow them, no greenhouse required. Um, but because the winter and the cool weather goes on for quite a long time, you, it's good to start it off. So I've got my chili and pepper seeds. I've got them in my little greenhouse at the moment. But And I want to get a head start. So as soon as I know that the last frost is gone, that's it, they're out and they'll be in they'll be in the uh, the veggie beds out in the back garden. So, yeah, so it, it's you, you still might need one and loads of people have got them here. So there's definitely <laughs> a need for greenhouses. But if you went more north, Sydney, you know, Queensland, you probably get away without one there because it's just that warm all the time. And you've um, you've said already that you grow your own and you're talking very competently about things that you can grow. Over the years that you've been in Australia, what do you actually grow? Okay, so it's it's become like a, a major addiction or like <laughs> issue because I'm watching. Yeah, and I, I keep thinking, is it you know, is it just me? And people do look at me and work because it's all I talk about, and they're just like, oh my god, is it about gardens? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. They're like, just stop talking about plants and gardens. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not interested anymore. Oh, um, so, yeah, the list the list is long. Leeks, carrots, chard, sweet, celery. Uh, what else? Loads of spring onions. Um, I've got an obsession with raspberries and uh, blueberries at the moment. So I've got all kinds of them. It, it, if you look in, in my garden, like in my veggie patch, yeah, you just think that I've – I'm insane because <laughs> there's just that much. And like it, I'm just my obsession, I get really obsessed with one particular thing. So it'll be like blueberries. And then I'm like, right, I want to have enough blueberries to last me, you know, for eight months of the year or whatever. So then I start yeah. researching probably when I'm in work, what varieties will last, you know, the whole season. I've done the yeah. same with raspberries and strawberries, everything. So there's a, there's a lot going on out there. And I followed your, um, where you've done the show about leeks and my leeks are just doing amazingly now. But Brilliant. the only thing is I've probably got about 300 of them that <laughs> I'm almost ready. Your friends will want to talk to you then when you've got all these leeks, won't they? <laughs> I brought, I take a, a bit of stuff into work, you know, when uh, like there's that much stuff. And then one day I took in, in a load of celery for one of my colleagues in work and I wrapped it up in, in in paper, but it actually looked like this huge bouquet of flowers. Oh. And someone's like, oh, my God. And then when I turned it around, I was like, oh, no, no, it's celery. <laughs> and you mentioned, obviously, you're growing in the garden at home. Is that just through choice or don't they have allotments in Australia? I did look into it before I lived in this house and they have like community gardens. They don't call them allotments. And the ones that I've seen, they look really, um, they look quite small. So like, you know, it'll be just, it looks like it's probably been a, a little patch of council land that's yeah. just off a, a high street or whatever. And it's all fenced off. And I think you can apply to whatever council it's in, but it looks like it's quite small. And I imagine, um, the guy who you interviewed that roots it roots yes, allotments Ed. or whatever yeah, it yeah. was. I imagine that the size of them is probably comparable to some of like the plot sizes right. that he's got. Because right. I didn't realize how how massive allotments were. Like I looked into it and I was like, oh my god, I thought that they'd be like just a small little patch, but yeah. 
they're massive. They're like the size of a tennis court. They're really they big. I don't know. I'm obsessed with people's veggie patches and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure everyone else loves it. I don't know. You just see what other people are growing or whatever. You're like, ooh, that's a, yeah. bit, that's a bit interesting. And that is the <laughs> beauty of allotments. Really because you actually, um, the nutters all collect together when you're on an allotment. <laughs> yeah. you, you've got someone to share your obsessions with. <laughs> Just one final question. I mean, we're not bothered about the spiders and all the bugs out here. But, you know, Australia's renowned for having some creepy spiders and everything. Is that a problem that you ever experience? Um, I know because I'm petrified of spiders. I am getting braver. I am getting braver. But... I know where to not look for them. So I don't go looking in the dark places in garages right. or I don't store wood outside and, you know, lift it off in the dark or anything like that. So I'm very careful about where to look. But if you want to go and find these things, they're usually quite easy to find them knocking around. <laughs> but luckily, I'm not frightened. No, I think they're more frightened of me. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by The Green Deco. How fantastic that somebody from Australia has been listening to us. I mean, she did say that she's from Australia. We can't help but think that she is still just up the M6, but it's fantastic that folk are listening to us so far away. So keep up the good work, Hazel, and good luck. Bear in mind that they're just coming out of winter to spring, etc. It's just all a little bit peculiar, isn't it? It's all a bit topsy-turvy, isn't it? <laughs> um, right then, what have we been up to this week then, Julia? Well, Loads. It's been a busy week, Loads, haven't we? So honestly. we've been out judging a local horticultural show. We love doing those. Yeah. And we encourage people just to enter. Even if you don't think your produce is good enough, enter it. Enter for the fun of it. Keep those shows going because it is a tradition. Yeah. And, you know, you never know. You might win. And you don't think you want to win until you've won. It and then you want to tell everybody about it. And it is funny the amount of people say, oh, I've only just entered because it makes up the numbers. The truth is, you really do want to win. So, yeah, have a go. And I just think it's fantastic to bring a village together. And it does, doesn't it, when yeah. they see the different things that people grow, that they knit. I'm not good at all that knitting no, malarkey. No. But all the things that people make, it's fantastic, isn't yeah. it? And we've also had lots of excitement this week, haven't we, Elaine? We have, yeah. Because, I mean, we, we are going to talk flowers later but we have got a lot of flowers on our plot and a while ago we heard of a wedding of one of our friends and we offered them our flowers and now we are doing the wedding flowers and that's today <laughs> can't believe it really but it is exciting but isn't it wonderful that we've got so many flowers yeah. that we can afford to give them all away why not is yeah. the question and we've still got thousands left even though we've been cutting them for what seems forever and drying a lot as well yeah. so hopefully we'll be able to put out on social media and talk about them in the future about what we've got up to if we're still here it's hard work isn't it it is hard work these florists they earn their money yeah they get up really early in the morning yeah i think we'll stick to growing them so we're <laughs> so we're out on the plot julia in order that we can measure the height of these sunflowers the difficulty why won't you why won't you grow normal height sunflowers look at mine over there no requirement for a ladder they're at about four foot five foot easy to take the flowers off multi-headed perfect look at yours and also as usual julia get up the ladder <laughs> so here i am up the ladder <laughs> yes yes it's a very nice plant i'm, I'm quite impressed with it from the fact that normally the giant ones have only got one big head on the top yeah 
I'm not <laughs> I'm not referencing anybody there, but the giant ones normally have one uh, bigger. Can I just say I am holding this ladder? <laughs> Is this where potty plotters become potty blotter? So as usual, I'm up the ladder. So get hold of that. That there. Right. right. How big do you think it is then? About 12 foot. Do you? I don't know really. I'm not very good <laughs> on measuring. <laughs> no. No. Right. right. You, you keep going. Keep going. Okay. Ooh, hold on to this ladder, eh? I'm holding yeah. on. Yeah. I've heard that before. <laughs> so I think your sunflowers are, at the moment, 10 foot 4. Well, that's not bad, is it? No. What are yours? 4 foot 2? Yeah. Oh. Must try harder. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to be saving the seeds from this one? Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to wait for a while for them to come out, whereas mine are lovely and out and already being used in bouquets. Yours are not out yet, are they? Just saying. It's not just all about you, you know. Hints and tips for shortcuts to success. The Potty Plotters Plotcast. Well, we're both safely down from the ladder. When I say safely down, well, I was at the bottom anyway, but Julia, well done. You didn't have any injury. And you, you managed Amazing, to stay really. upright. Yeah, yeah. Well done. And um, it's still bigger than yours. Right, then we're moving on to fennel. And um, I grow it, and I don't grow it for me. I grow it for my sister and also for flower arranging. And that I learned from Jonathan Mosley, our floral friend. Name dropping. I know, I know, but I do listen occasionally to different people. Now, Jonathan said, if you let the fennel grow then it goes to seed and it's the seed heads that he uses in his floral arrangements and that's exactly what I've done but with the other I planted only a few weeks ago and the bulb is now ready for eating and that's for your sister what yes. size do you harvest them they're about an egg size so a hen's egg depending on how big that is but I'm just putting like my uh, finger and thumb yeah, together and it's that I know yeah uh, how can you describe that egg then large egg we'll have a large egg yeah i bet you've never seen a turkey egg have you that's another story altogether but anyway yeah a large egg and i would say it's that and of course the fennel bulb sits on the top of the ground not under so when it gets to that size and it's got the green fronds which look beautiful on the top yeah. all i do is i ease it up with a fork and take it and then my sister cooks it it's not my flavour, no, really. I, I know like you it. don't like it. It's aniseed, isn't it? It is, It's not yeah. very nice. And those that you've kind of missed at that egg size, you yeah. just let them go over, don't you? I do, you? yeah, because we will use them and also for keeping seeds for next year. That's what I do too. Perfect. Quick recipe, Elaine. Uh, it's one well, of you've got one. Yeah, well, it's one of Gareth's, oh, right, actually. Okay. But he's not talking at the moment because he's got poorly throat and okay. ears. So uh, he's asked us to do it. And it's very, very simple. It's kind of a Mediterranean dish medley. That's what I would call it. And it's just using up anything that's ready at this time. So aubergines, peppers, chilies, uh, courgettes. Onions. Onions, garlic, garlic. Anything like that. Can you put beetroot in as well? You could do, but Gareth's shaking his head, so in his you wouldn't. Tomatoes? Oh, tomatoes, definitely, okay. definitely. And all he does is chops them up into about inch square pieces and puts them in a bowl, tosses them in olive oil and a few Mediterranean herbs, so okay. your basil and your oregano, all those kind of things. And then he bags them up in, in batches and puts them in the freezer and just gets them out when he's ready. Uncooked? Uncooked. Okay. Uncooked. And then what you do is you just get them out, put them in a, a tray, pop them in the oven and cook them uh, about 25 minutes, 190 degrees. And there you go. You've got a nice little Mediterranean 
group of vegetables there. That's a really good way of yeah. using it. I'm surprised that Gareth knows yeah. it, actually. Yeah. But it's a really good way of using up your extra vegetables. Yeah. And that. He's pulling a funny yeah. face, Julia. What's that all I'm about? I'm ignoring him, and I'm going to tell you, Elaine, <laughs> that I do this as well. And one thing that I add to that mix is some halloumi cheese. And I also Ooh. chop that up and mix it in and roast that in the oven with them. And then if you serve it with couscous, it's absolutely beautiful. Other ways of using them, I've used them obviously in pasta dishes as well as uh, using them as topping on a pizza. So, Funny. yeah. You talk about food and suddenly I'm hungry. Oh, you're always hungry. The Potty Plotters Podcast with simple recipes for gluts and guts. Right, now leeks, Elaine. Right, how long ago did we set these? I think we set them almost at the start of the year, didn't we? And then we transplanted them outside here, outside the polytunnel. Yeah. And I covered them over to protect them from the allium leaf miner. So now I've taken the cover off and you can see they're really, really happy and healthy. Apart from I have got signs of rust coming on now. Okay, so what are you going to do now then? I'm not worried about it. Okay. It just looks ugly it doesn't really affect the taste of them. And as I'm now at the point where I'm thinking about harvesting them, I'm not that bothered. It is an airborne disease that can travel and it will live on live plants. So uh, once we've harvested them, they'll be absolutely fine. They're not going to, it's not going to hurt me. So uh, they look good. if you. I was leaving them in the ground, I'd probably be taking some of the uh, rust the leaves, leaves off leaves off yeah. but um i am taking them out now because they are ready and i think it's because we've had such a wet summer elaine yeah really and they've liked the wet weather so i'm just getting my fork in but i'm just a couple of inches away because i don't want to break them but i do want to be able to lever them up because they have got quite big root systems that looks all look right. at that yeah. that's lovely isn't it yeah. i mean i'm not going to win a, a show in with them but i'm not doing them for showing i'm doing them for eating so uh do you want some for your tea no because we're having salad the podcast podcast with the potty plotters sponsored by the green deco and this episode of the podcast is being brought to you by the green deco suppliers of plants and shrubs to the trade and public at unbelievable prices find them by searching online for the green deco and they are also linked from our social media thanks green deco now elaine have you seen the news i haven't seen the news for days i've been so busy (laughs) (laughs) that is genuine i don't know what's happening outside these four well perimeters they're not walls i've got no idea no boundary right Right, actually it wouldn't have been on the main news it's only now news our little group and gareth let us know that we will soon be passing the ten thousand downloads listens or whatever happens that's brilliant yeah i am delighted i'm delighted with that that's quite exciting that's almost as exciting as the wedding flowers Yeah, yeah okay um so anybody who's listening we really want to say thank you for listening to us for the last seven months honestly we twitter away and we've not got a clue if anyone's listening or not and then people tell us things and send us messages and that's lovely yeah it's like a surreal little world isn't it but what we'd like to do obviously then is to uh, celebrate why don't we do something that we've never done before like shut up 
well we couldn't do that could we really so why don't we do something to market then as 10,000 downloads and why don't we do like a live show or something like that and let's get planning with that and see if people want to come and ask us questions and get involved in it so why don't we do that in the next few weeks after we finish the wedding sounds like a good idea you like to make a plan anyway oh I do yeah I love a list as well can't beat it right let's do that then Julia watch this space or listen to this space for more adventures that we might get up to that Gareth doesn't know about yet do you think we can afford a ticket down under if we don't ask we don't get Right, the next thing is then, Julia, let's talk about making gifts. At this time of year, it's lovely when you can make something and it's cost you nothing. This is no word of a lie, I've got my finger out now, because it's just reminded me that this morning I saw a plot holder at the gate when I was coming in and uh, she was going at a right pace, of which I made comment. And uh, I asked if everything was okay because she looked like she was in a hurry. And she said, oh, I'm going out for dinner later. And what I wanted to do was come and pick some flowers to take with me so that I could give them to the lady who she was That's having lovely. lunch with. What a lovely idea, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So on that note, obviously I didn't get time to share my idea with her, but what I would actually do now is this and two reasons. First reason, they look lovely, and second reason, it keeps the flowers in really good condition. If you've got an empty jam jar and that's all that you actually need, make sure that it's a clean one. If you've had Branston pickle in it or something similar, make sure the label's not on it. Scrub it all off and make it clean, smart and tidy and very shiny. Then half fill it with water and then nip round the garden and take some flowers. Make sure that none of the foliage goes into the water. Just put the stem into the water and fill it up. Believe you me, it looks lovely and even nicer if you've got a bit of ribbon to tie round the neck not your neck no. its neck and also some strings something yeah, similar you like to that to wrap twine round, don't you? i do yeah because yeah. i think it's lovely and uh, as i say it's something nice to take to somebody's house oh, why not that's nice where's mine hints and tips for shortcuts to success the potty plotters plotcast it's August slash September <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know it sounds a little bit peculiar because I want to talk about Christmas again but hints and tips as well. The main thing that I would tell you is at this time of year there are so many seed bargains to be had out there. Get out there to supermarkets, to little shops, to garden centres, anywhere where they sell seeds, because invariably they are dead cheap at the moment. What I also tell you is that I get them for people's Christmas presents. I put ribbon round them. I decorate them in any which way you want. Or even, why don't you hang them on a little olive tree being the main present? So that's what I would actually recommend doing. Why not? Thanks again to Hazel for contacting us. It's been lovely to talk to her and also to Green Deco for sponsoring this episode. And it's not going to be long now before we start thinking about what we're going to do for that 10,000 download. It's going to keep me awake at night, Julia. Amazing. (laughs) Be worried and be very afraid. Okay, next time in episode 34, what are we going to be talking about then? Well, we're back to horticultural shows because now is it peak time for doing that and uh, we're going to give a few hints and tips on what to do and how to show and also we're going to talk christmas taters and uh, yeah i can't think of what else we're going to talk about let's get get ready for winter okay and what i would say is that sometimes in these horticultural shows let's go back to keith it does pay to grow a big one the Plotcast podcast with the potty plotters sponsored by the green deco is an amberland media production